And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. <laughs> I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, follow the show. That is at HEFpod. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. That is uh, facebook.com slash HEFpod. Email the show, hey, I'm Trek Frankfurt at gmail.com. Uh, so it's been a second since we have gotten everyone together. Uh, remember, you can also always look at our Twitter feed that uh, to join the Discord uh, discussion. So uh, go to the at HEF pod on Twitter and the pin tweet uh, pin tweet at the very top happens to have the link, uh, the open link to join the Discord where you can chat all things Eintracht Frankfurt and things also off the beaten path. <laughs> uh, but Eintracht still or Bundesliga still relatable. So. Uh, it's a com- it's a common area where everyone can meet to discuss all things Eintracht. But here we are, back again, recording episode one hundred and thirty-four. Oh, we have quite a lot to discuss. And off the bench, he it's a man dealing with more shenanigans than you know anyone could could care to count. It's a uh, curse in Detroit. Hey, buddy. Oh, thanks. Hey, Brian. Yeah, a lot on the plate. (laughs) But this is a nice step aside from the realities of life right now. I can totally agree with that. So, where shall we begin? Um, Antarctic Frankfurt will not be participating in Europe for 2021 season. Uh, No Europa League for us. No Champions League for us either, as we didn't qualify for the Europa League via our league position, nor do we qualify for the Champions League via winning the Europa League. That ended with when we could not overturn the uh, 3-0 deficit to Basel. We put all the pressure on, but it did very much look like the team just was still very much like, we're tired. We're still... The team... Look, the team is just mentally exhausted. You had all the Europa League games... Uh, all season long, you had three rounds of qualifying. I might add to that. So three rounds of qualifying. I think that was a match more than uh, we had when we went all the way to the semifinals, where we started in the group phase. You had a deep run in the Pokal. I mean, yes, you had the interruption due to uh, the world health pandemic, but it's it's almost going to be nice just having the Bundesliga. And Pokal only. It is going to be a little strange in the fact that uh, Eintracht at this very moment in time is one of the few teams who are going to be participating in the Pokal who still do not know who they will play. Uh, that it will be the winners of the Bavarian Cup, which is yet to take place. The final is yet to take place. We at least know the finalist for that competition, which is uh, Schaffenberg, Victoria Schaffenberg, and 1860 München. Uh, so that could be either a short trip for the players where they'll just need to take a bus, uh, or that will be a plane trip to Munich. So we'll see what we will see. Um, so that's the weekend, uh, dates to be determined. The 11th to the 14th of September is the kind of, uh, aim date. We do have dates in, uh, in the books for the first eight matches of the Bundesliga season set in stone. So, Eintracht takes on newly promoted Bielefeld. So, 
exciting things uh, to look forward to, and that's going to be on September the 19th. Chris, I am kind of excited to get things underway. We've had a couple moves. Um, the schedule being released had to have been that moment of, oh, wow, this is coming back again. You know what? It, it Because of the way the restart happened and then going back to Europe for a match, it really feels like a short summer, but maybe it was just long enough where the guys are, are rested. I'm ready to go. Um, I think not having to deal with Europe, you know, we love the European nights, but not having to deal with it. And then what's already going to be a very strange season just to have one or with the, the Pokal with two tracks to follow instead of three. I'm okay with it this time around. Well, it's going to be nice. It's going to be really nice to just be playing in those competitions uh, solely once again. If we happen to make another deep run in the po- look, this is going to be another season where, uh, like, we, I mean, depending on how we do in the Pokal, we've had each of the last four seasons, we've had relatively longer campaigns than normal. You've had two consecutive seasons where we made the Pokal final, and then the two subsequent seasons, uh, you had the Bundesliga and Europa League get into the semifinal. This past year, making the round 16 in the Europa League, the semifinals of the Pokal, in addition to your Bundesliga action, that's just a lot of matches that, unless you are one of those just unique clubs, uh, Sevilla, it's hard to be able to keep up that kind of uh, competition. And, oh yeah, when Sevilla has won these competitions, they've always been dropping, almost exclusively been dropping well, for the last couple of seasons, uh, oh, I think it's like the last four, the 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 last four wins in the uh, what is now the Europa League. Each, I think each time they've been dropping into the Europa League by being that third team in uh, in the in their Champions League group. So with being that, that's that's quite a lot more money that they get up front for that group phase of the Champions League that, you know, we haven't been getting. And and that's why they keep making their run exactly. deep every single year. They have almost nobody left over from the team that beat Liverpool in the final, and the team that suited up for the final, where they most recently, uh, just a week ago, defeated Inter Milan uh, in an absolutely crazy 3-2 match. If you have a chance to rewatch it, it is very... It's good entertaining value as a neutral. Just saying. Uh, I mean, of the matches that happened in the European bubbles, I mean, there's two matches that stand out to me, but we'll get to another and uh, one of the, in just a little bit of time. But uh, that uh, Bayern Barcelona game was quite entertaining. It made me uh, think back to Germany versus Brazil uh, in 2014. <laughs> uh, the goals just kept on going in, and all I could think in my head was, <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Bayern. You're welcome for Hansi Flick. You're welcome messy for... Messi again. Yeah. <laughs> Things got messy again. Uh, getting a little off track here, but let's take a look at some of the, uh, the excitement for the 2020-2021 Bundesliga season. So we've got uh, two players who have entered Eintracht Frankfurt's ranks. Uh, Zuba has come on a player-for-player player swap. Technically, they had to agree on a fee for the Gasinovic uh, uh, Zuba swap. Zuba has been a pretty good player uh, 
And so I think that this is going to be a good kind of, a, you know, changing things up just a little bit. You know, it is kind of a, uh, with the kind of swap deals that are being done all over Europe. I think this is going to be anyone who thinks it's strange. It's just it's probably just going to be for this girl around. But for me, I, you know, have enjoyed him, uh, Steven Zuber, uh, you know, from afar. Sure, he's played for Hoffenheim. But when you're, you know, you've kind of bounced around, uh, go for the Swiss Super League with one of the, uh, I guess, the four teams that matter, to be honest, in that league, uh, in one of the Zurich clubs, then playing for one of the very tip-top big teams in Russia and Seska Moscow before coming to Hoffenheim, where, you know, he did, you know, very good work as well. I kind of look at him as, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to give you a real chance to shine, and I think we're going to uh, benefit from the opportunities presented because he's kind of felt a little bit on the outside looking in. It is kind of sad that, uh, I mean, it is uh, heartfelt that we say goodbye to Gasinovich. You know, uh, some of those goals really are, you know, quite memorable. Uh, Chris, I think you can remember a certain run that he did at the uh, in, at Nuremberg. Yes, I do. Um, He had a knack for showing up at very important times and then just kind of disappearing at others. But he provided a lot is, you know, I tend to be the negative guy around here, but he did provide some very important moments for us. And, you know, his name will forever be there for sealing that that cup uh, final for us. But this is a good move for Frankfurt. I don't think without... Uh, that cup goal or the the goal, um, the assist down in Nuremberg, that he would have really been around as long as he has. Um, I think this is a good time to make the move for him and to get somebody with Bundesliga experience, someone who's 29 years old and uh, and Zuber who knows what he's doing. That's a good move for us. And let's be honest with the weird status of the transfer market right now, nobody was really – ready to make big moves. Not that we ever make big moves, but substantial roster changeover. This is okay for us. I totally agree. Um, some of the other players might as well start going through who uh, who came in and who has left. So, uh, well, in terms of additions, uh, Ache has come in uh, to Eintracht. Uh, a actual, like, coming in from Spato Rotterdam, uh, of the Eredivisie, the lesser Rotterdam, I should kind of point out, uh, if you're thinking that that's the one, they're like, oh, that's former European winner. No, that is Feyenoord. That is Feyenoord Rotterdam. Totally different uh, club. But, you know, he he fulfills our German coefficient. Uh, whilst never coming through the Eintracht system, uh, he he kind of went through the, uh, the Dutch youth ranks, but I can list his place of birth as Frankfurt. So a little bit of a homecoming. Uh, at only six foot tall, you know he he plays like as though he's got he's got a bigger frame, and so I'm kind of curious of how he will develop. But in terms of players coming in that were not former players. Uh, such as loan returns. We've got a couple of loan returns where we have to start asking the questions. Um, what to do with them? 
I think that with two of the play, two of the loan returns in Barcock and Tuta, I think that they have a future with the Eintracht, or at least we give them a chance. Well, more so, uh, give Barcock a chance to redeem himself because he really was plagued by injuries whilst at Dusseldorf. Tuta, he's a very young kid, so uh, there's so, there's a lot to still wait on there. I will say Willems, with his most recent uh, spat, his base, his cry to Newcastle United. Now they looked like they were going to buy him. Then he got he had his uh, ligament uh, tear, so that kind of messed up all that. Fallet did not uh, make his deal with uh, Fenerbahce go complete. So got two guys who I'm willing to give a shot at. And two guys who it's been pretty obvious that one doesn't want to be here in Billums. The other in Follett, Hutter has basically said, yeah, uh, you can go. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. How are you feeling about these? You know, the interesting one, the interesting one for me is Barcock. I loved him uh, this first go around. I understand why we loaned him away. Um, I think coming back with some experience and having the ability to grow more while he was away. I really look forward to that. Uh, the Willems deal with Newcastle, it's kind of a soap opera. I just don't really want to deal with. Um, exactly. And since the, I understand like, his frustration, but it's business. Exactly. And so it's kind of also weird because Newcastle United was in the where he was on loan in the English Premier League as a team that was looking like they were going to get bought by... The by basically the investment fund that is that the royal family uh, is the basically the royal family bank account, and that was scuppered uh, for a lot of things going on. But anyways, that move was killed off, and so suddenly I still think that the Willems deal can be done. It's a matter of uh, him proving his medical fitness. So I think this is a drama that's going to continue until the very uh, transfer deadline. Uh, which is still a couple months you know, it's away. It's gotten a little more. It's gotten a little more attention now. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in different places, and I wonder if not Newcastle, maybe someone else will jump in and say, "Hey, let's take a chance." You know, he he's damaged goods, but I don't know if he's broken. I don't. I don't think he is. Yeah, no other Divisi club's going to touch him. It's just a matter of whether somebody wants to step up. Exactly, because you know he was on the way out at Eindhoven, and are you really telling me that any other any of the other two Dutch giants are going to want to touch him with a ten foot pole? No, uh, Eindhoven isn't going to take <laughs> him back, especially after their quote worst finish that they have had in a in like a quarter century. <laughs> I mean, it's. So it has, Wouldn't that be nice? That's your worst finish the, in a quarter century. Yeah, finishing in fourth place is the worst finish for them in 25 years. That's just insane. <laughs> but, you know, I don't see anyone uh, knocking down the doors wanting to have him. I mean, I don't even know if there's anyone who's interested in Falat. Hutra has made it known that it's like, you can leave. And the question is, who's going to take him on? Like, I mean, may. <sighs> Look, this is a big, big if, but maybe Marseille, who have their look, they got their own money problems, but they're playing at a high competitive level, uh, being a part of the Champions League. Maybe just down to the fact that they need something good and cheap that they'll take them on. But look, that is one club that I threw out there. Outside of that, 
I mean, I don't think anyone else is going to go for him. Monaco didn't seem interested, especially once they got uh, <laughs> our own former coach there. <laughs> Which, you know, you know he's, what? He, he, he's a guy who started here with a lot of promise yeah. really early From on Mets. and, yeah. you know, fell out of favor for lots of stuff that had nothing to do with anything on the pitch. But the time is just worn out. And I agree with you. Somebody in France will say, hey, that's that's a need that that uh, we have to fill right now. But it's just a weighted out thing. It's money on our books that's going to take time and someone will take a chance. One can only hope. One can only hope that especially one of the teams who's playing in Europe says, you know what, we need to strengthen. He's a relatively cheap option and can should be able to fit in rather quickly. Uh, one can only hope. So, um, guys who've gone out on loan, I'll go through them really quick. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Tora has returned to Osasuna. It's kind of a shame that that didn't work out, but, hey, you know, things are what they are. Uh, he returns to the team who's playing in La Liga. So, you know, it's kind of, it is what it is. I, I'm just kind of rolling my eyes when it comes to that. Jovalik going to Wolfsburger, who are of the Austrian Bundesliga. Now uh, they played in the Europa League last year, finishing in fourth in the group phase. Uh, they qualified for the Europa League group phase directly again this year. So uh, by finishing in, I think it was third in the Austrian Bundesliga. And so for uh, Jovlich, who wasn't able to really do much at Anderlecht because it basically was he got there, and right before they were about to resume play, you know, uh, the whole world went crazy, so he didn't really have a chance to prove himself at Anderlecht, where they have an interesting coach in uh, makeup there, which would have been good for his development. Um, him playing, you know, uh, with... You know, with the team who's in Europe, that's going to give him plenty of opportunities to get match experience. And that's what he really desperately needs. And I still, I still have a lot of hopes on them, but I think I'm one of the. I few think we people. forgot how young he was. Yeah, you know, he's it, still twenty. He's still, yeah, and that takes so much time to develop. Um, it, we we find these we don't uh, clubs find these guys at such a young age that are the diamond in the rough, the the regular player still takes time to develop to 22, 23. And exactly. I, I know we hate being patient, but I still think he'll pay off. It's just I agree. a matter of getting him that experience. I think the Austrian Bundesliga is a good spot. He, it, he can be the big fish in a smaller pond, and with more game match opportunities available, I think that uh, – he will make the most of that situation. And uh, last loan deal, uh, Zalazar, who was playing in Poland, that didn't uh, kind of didn't really pan out into many experiences for him match-wise. But now he's off to St. Pauli. And I think that that is probably the best thing that for him get a experiences in one of the lower German divisions, and we'll kind of. He's he's also in the same boat, uh, but there's not as much talk, you know there hasn't been as much press about him, and so we'll wait and see how things go with that. Whew, that's a lot of uh, roster goings over. That's a lot of uh, stuff to kind of digest. Let's get back into what we will expect for the Bundesliga season. So we got a uh, friendly coming up on the 29th Saturday, and then we also have a friendly. <laughs> 
if you want to call it that, <laughs> on the 5th <laughs> against Mainz before we have our Dep Pokal the next weekend. So things are coming thick and fast. We hope that uh, things will go well for the Eintracht. Uh, we also hope that the next uh, batch of money for Sebastian Alea will come through, but, you know, we'll... Repo. Guide, yeah. I don't know if they work like that, though. I don't <laughs> I don't know if players work like cars. I'm pretty sure we don't want to take him on now that he's on uh, quite significantly <laughs> more money. <laughs> it's basically like, you know, if... I'm trying to think of a good Detroit Lions reference point of you know uh, bringing someone there. back uh, who you then overpay for and then it just doesn't work out the second time around because just because the first time around was so so good. And moving on from the Detroit Lions, please. <laughs> <laughs> God, we'll see if the NFL season actually comes around, but uh, we're going to be talking. Also about uh, Bundesliga moving to ESPN, as there was a press release in regards to what how ESPN is going to handle that, especially with college football possibly just being totally tossed away. Uh, ESPN is going to need live sports programming on their Saturdays, and with the Serie A and the Bundesliga, oh wow, we are really going to have the opportunity to be really put out there by ESPN because they just need something and they can't just show the rerun uh bass pro fishing championship for the seventh time in a row just saying <laughs> nothing against people who are big big fishermen but anyways um i didn't mention uh the first eight matches uh the Bundesliga season uh do have their set times so uh we uh, like i said uh start off at home against bielefeld on uh the 19th that is going to be the main kickoff time the first kickoff uh, at home at our new at our renamed home, the Deutsche Bank Park. Uh, it's Waldstadion. End of. And uh, I'm really excited for then playing Hertha Berlin in match day two. Uh, going to Olympia Stadion. Hertha, you know, started with all the money that they spent. It was kind of exciting of what they're gonna possibly uh, put together. Be kind of. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how interesting that will be. Um, we you also never have, know what you're going to get with them. They could come out world beaters, or they could come out hanging in that 14, 15 spot for a month or so. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff going on with them. They're still being linked to a lot of players. It's because they've got an investor who thinks that this is the right time to spend money because no one else has got the money. So... All right then. We'll Good philosophy, up. but yeah. <laughs> anytime, anytime Hertha has expectations, it doesn't seem to work out. It, they seem I to be at agree. their best when the expectations are low and exactly. they can outperform that. Yeah, and so Hertha Berlin, that's going to be on the Friday, on the twenty fifth. Next match day is going to be uh, the regular, the main time slot on Saturday, October the third, uh, against Hoffenheim, and that's before you, we then take a break uh, for the international break that's supposed to be played in October. Boy, it's kind of interesting. Think of all these players who are then going to have to travel all over the world. We'll see if these international breaks kind of, you know, go through. There's a lot. I mean, a lot left to digest with that. So uh, we then play. We then play away to Cologne on the 18th. We follow that up with uh, Saturday against 
on the 24th against 50th time in a row. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, that's Bayern Munich. And then we play home on we play home on Halloween against Werder Bremen. That's going to be fun. We always have some fun when we bring uh, those Werder Bremen guys on here. It's usually usually they when uh, we bring them on, they usually start get, being all depressed sounding, and you know, we'll see. After the great escape that they had, I'm really interested of seeing how they progress. <laughs> it will be quite quite interesting. Then we follow that up with uh, November seventh, uh, Stuttgart. Saturday time slot. So we'll see how the, you know, in our first eight matches, we'll have uh, each of the promoted teams. So that will be interesting. And then uh, the last match day that has been decided with match day times. Uh, so match day eight is going to be on November the 21st. And that's home against uh, Can from Leipzig. So kind of a. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting start. Interesting start indeed. And There's a lot of opportunity for points. Um, like you said, we get to to take on the, the promoted clubs, which is supposed to be you know, some easy points, but it never seems to be for us. Uh, we'll see what happens. The last time we took on Armenia Bielefeld uh, was our, the 2016, 2017 uh, season when we played them in the quarterfinals of the day at Pokal, and if memory serves, we ended up beating them only one nil in that one. So uh, last time we faced those guys was back then. We might have a guest who's going to help us preview that. Uh, I'll just kind of leave it out there. Uh, details pending on that. So um, in. Let's get to hashtag what are we drinking? We break it up before we get to some of the fun stuff in terms of uh, Bundesliga action going on. Chris, what do you have for us today? I love this segment. I am drinking some French toast devil dog oatmeal stout from Roke Brewing in Royal Oak, Michigan. Fantastic stuff. It tastes like where, buttered French toast. Where in Michigan is this exactly? Royal Oak is just north of the Detroit city limits. Our, our zoo is there. That's where m- most people know it from. Ah, gotcha. Interesting. Huh. It's quite a, quite the very specific type of uh, drink. Just saying. I've never had a French toast beer before. I have had some pumpkin beers. It's also about 8.2%, so I'm doing well. Yeah. So I'll call you up uh, once you've had six of those. And we'll see where you're at. <laughs> in bed. <laughs> uh, staying in the state of Michigan. Uh, yes, uh, folks, I am drinking, uh, getting into that Oktoberfest vibe. Uh, it is the wonderful brewing company that is located in Comstock, uh, Michigan. It is Bell's, their Oktoberfest beer, which has only been out for, I guess, a couple. It's only been in stores for, I guess, now a couple weeks. So, uh, got a little bit of that. And as far as Marsons go, I haven't had many this year. So, Marsons season for me just starting, and so far. So good. I'm very uh, satisfied with the results of this guy, and uh, uh, one can only hope that I will have many more to come. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt. Stay with us for segment two in just a gif. And we're back. Segment two, Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Brian and Chris talking all things Eintracht Frankfurt and just that little bit more. Um, 
gone through all the kind of roster moves that have been going on. Uh, we haven't really talked about the new shirt drop uh, that has a little homage to the Roma. Uh, Chris, what, in terms of like your kind of, you know, we are a Nike kit design. What are your feelings on the new shirt? I Is it weird that I was really kind of, I mean, I liked last year's home design more so. But that's just me. But, uh, where are you where are you falling in this? Uh, as typical, my opinion is the complete opposite of yours. Uh, <laughs> I did not like last year's design. I love this one. My Andre Silva kit is ordered and on the way. Um, I'm thinking about a second one for wall display. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's got the little unique Frankfurt factor to it. It's not the Nike generics that sure. some other clubs seem to get stuck with year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's good. Uh, if we win, it'll be even better, and everyone will love it. It um, like when Victor Bremen was going through the relegation playoff. I don't remember if you saw the shirt that they were wearing, but it kind of invoked all things Bremen in that area, and I thought that was a really cool design. I, I'm almost kind of wondering if. They had a design in mind, saw that, and said, nope, that's way cooler. We're going to do our own variation of that. I will say it's not like something that we've seen before where we haven't necessarily had the generic Nike designs in the past. They have been fairly simple. You know, the ones that you'll see with other clubs, maybe not so common. But this one is as unique as you can get. And that's cool for us. I'll enjoy hopefully from a safe distance, being able to go out and explain to people why it's so unique. That's a cool part about this. There's a story behind it. Exactly. It's a really cool story indeed. And uh, speaking of storytelling, uh, you know, when we beat uh, Byron 5-1, we were over the moon. Uh, Byron at that moment in time, I think they had fallen to 7th. Uh, we're quite a ways back from the chasing pack, uh, which was uh, Dortmund leading the way. Uh, or, no, 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 no. Uh, Gladbach was leading the way, barely uh, uh, followed by Dortmund. I mean, we all knew that Gladbach wasn't able to keep it up, but uh, the assistant manager to uh, Niko Kovac, uh, who was then fired after uh, the loss to us, <laughs> a rather memorable day, I might add, uh, Hansi Flick was then firing Kovac. It's insane. It's Pep Guardiola at Bayern esque, ridiculous of how many points that they won in a row. Yeah, it's hard to think of another club that even approached that level of efficiency for the rest of the year. And <laughs> that you know, I, I want to see German clubs win, and of course in the final. I was pulling for Bayern as much as that pains me. Um, they were the best club in Europe since January, and that's all thanks to us. So congratulations. Exactly. A 1-0 victory in the Champions League final. So Bayern is able to uh, claim uh, the Europa Pokal, the big one that we never beat, that we sadly could not take away from Real Madrid. They win that for uh, that... Uh, the six, that, that's the sixth time that they have won it. Uh, they had a three in the 70s. 
2013, and now, yeah. And now the weird uh, 2020 variation. So, kind of turned out that they, you know, despite all the issues that they had, and we all thought, holy crap, someone's going to finally pit Byron? No, they ended up being practically flawless. They beat us twice. Uh, though, you know, uh, Henty was able eh. You know, it is, even though they beat us twice, we still played very well. In exactly. Cup match. And if and you compare that it, to if Barcelona, if there's ever a oof. team you want to play well against, that's it. Yeah, and Barcelona losing to them the way that they did, I <laughs> woof. That's all I got to say. It was a uh, quite, quite the beatdown that was uh, put on them. So you know, uh, incredibly impressed by the way that they were able to go through things. They took care of Chelsea. Uh, which but that that scoreline was basically like Basel, uh, but only compounded. So so they just went through them, and then they had then they uh, destroyed Barcelona, which the ramifications are still being felt in the greater soccer community. And now uh, then Leon beat them again, just like they did to reach the twenty ten final. Uh, interestingly enough. And then, yeah, the, they had to beat. Yeah, they ended up beating PSG in the final. Kevin Trapp's former club. So, yeah, uh, again, a German team uh, lifts the European Cup. Again, it's Bayern. So, we'll see if this next Bundesliga season and Pokal and Champions League will fetch anything different. But I think in two of those three, I think that's not going to be. Uh, all too much change, but we can preview that once we get right up against it. Uh, but I do have to say to any Byron fans, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Eintracht Frauen, uh, a couple moves been made. Of course, you got uh, Brian Heberlin, uh, the American uh, the American Youth International is still on the books there. For deeper perspective of what's going on with Eintracht Frauen, uh, we will be keeping track on that. Uh, there's a few players who I will learn more about uh, that have been acquired here. And with the Frauen Bundesliga to get uh, for the 2020-2021 season, uh, if people fin- with the in- the Enlarged Champions League that's going to start up uh, in the 2021-2022 season for the for the Women's Champions League. Uh, the top three in uh, Germany will then be able to participate in that. Uh, the two teams that recently participated in that representing Germany have basically been one and two for the last five seasons, I think. Uh, excuse, uh, excuse me as I double-check that. The last six seasons have been Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg winning the last four women's titles. Wolfsburg actually playing in the Women's Champions League final in just a couple days' time uh, against Olympic Lyonnais, the world behemoth of the women's game. So here's hoping that Eintracht Frankfurt will be able to return back to that. Uh, it's been a long time uh, since the FFC Frankfurt has been the champion of the women's game in Germany. Uh, 2007, 2008, and the closest they've been since has been 2013, 2014, where they finished in second. So, uh, the former European champions, uh, now Eintracht Frankfurt, Frauen, uh, have a lot 
uh, going for them with uh, new acquisitions going on. And uh, here's hoping that uh, we get to celebrate uh, some success in a different capacity. So welcome, ladies. And we're looking very much forward to uh, keeping people up to date on everything that is Eintracht Frauen. Um, but more importantly, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt is going to be on ESPN. Um, the new coverage for the Bundesliga, the new contract has switched from Fox to ESPN. Some people are still whinging about it. Uh, the six, the now raised to $6 a month, or there is a, I think it's $50 for the entire year you can pay. Um, you'll get at live access to over 300 matches uh, per Bundesliga season. Um, ESPN will be showing on the linear platforms at ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN2. ESPN Deportes uh, also taken away from uh, 2DNA, uh, part of the Univision network. Um, they'll be showing uh, the Bundesliga in Spanish as well. So uh, ESPN FC, their daily soccer news and highlights program uh, that is shown exclusively on ESPN Plus, uh, ramped up more Bundesliga coverage as this is part of a multi-year deal with the Bundesliga. So to go through everything that they will be doing, they already have a top 50 goals program from 2019-2020 out there and available. Uh, they will be doing a um, Bundesliga preview special and uh, I think it's going to be the, in the week in the lead up to the Bundesliga you're going to have uh, this coming Sunday a special featuring an American youth international oh no I think he's a full international Gio Reyna uh, who's at Borussia Dortmund they're going to be a lot a lot of ESPN Deportes coverage uh, they do a really good job uh, my Spanish isn't exactly the best, um, but they do have a lot of stuff uh, on there. Um, some of the they have uh, fifty classic matches uh, that are available to be streamed uh, for former Bundesliga matches. Uh, the most recent Eintracht match I should point out is Eintracht versus Hertha from the 2014-2015 season, where we had a highly competitive four-four draw. To me, this is incredibly exciting because, one, um, the amount that you're going to pay is incredibly less than what you're paying with Fox Sports. Sure, it's not being uh, directly shown on ESPN right from the word go, but, Chris, I think this is a great time to talk about how the changing landscape due to coronavirus in the United States means that college football currently is looking on the outs as looking like everything's going to be pushed back to the spring and ESPN needs live coverage and who better than the Bundesliga, you know, uh, on early Saturday morning to provide that, uh, live TV, uh, coverage. Yeah, you're right. So there's two ways to look at it. One is this is great. There will be more Bundesliga. Uh, and the, the way the ESPN platform is designed, if people haven't used it before, everything is in one place. Um, there's no, even with the Fox soccer match pass, uh, if it was on the, over the air, it wasn't online or all the different little nuances to it with ESPN. If you have the subscription, you're seeing it. And that is going to make things so much easier. The price is less. And let's be honest, ESPN is Fox sports was fine with it, but ESPN is much more um, 
they, they have m- many more resources to throw at it, and that will be good for the fans. But the other part of it, which you mentioned, the impact of the coronavirus, I'm just afraid they're going to shove more SEC football down my throat. <laughs> I'm a Big Ten guy. I don't need that. Give me more Bundesliga. Give me Syria. Give me give me anything besides more of that SEC garbage. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> how much time you got? I got four more beers here. <laughs> oh, good grief. Uh, we really could be going at this for a year, for a long time to come. But yeah, it, the coronavirus impact on the American sports landscape, the, you know, because the time that the Bundesliga will be starting back up, uh, one can anticipate that the uh, NBA and NHL will have concluded their postseasons. Major League Soccer will be around, but hey, guess what? They play in the afternoons and evenings. So, in terms of live, uh, live coverage of uh, sports, there's not really going to be a lot that's going to be available uh, for ESPN to show because so far, you know, the the Pac-12, Big Ten. You know, Mac, Mountain West, they've already said, we ain't doing it. Now, are a few conferences still holding out? Yes. Uh, the two big Southern conferences, the ACC and the SEC, I'm really making a lot of people who don't really follow American football just kind of glaze over for just a second. It's okay. Uh, press fast forward for about 60 seconds, but you've got three of the big five leagues that have yet to announce that they're pushing everything back. But when your own, my, from my own standpoint, my own local team has had multiple cases uh, break out and they constantly are having to uh, get players to, you know, uh, just the, too many players are coming up testing positive. They're not so doing any safety precautions. And it's only a matter of time, especially in these Petri dishes that they call their on-campus environment. They are going to single-handedly cause issues, and uh, we're going to be not having any uh, football whatsoever unless you really are going to just allow high school football to go on as it is in the great state of Texas. Thank you, Chris and Austin, for that heads up. Chris, your thoughts on where this thing is going from a Midwest standpoint? Looks like we have lost Chris for just one second, but uh, we'll be able to uh, make up for that. So, college football, possibly gone. And so this is going to give the Bundesliga a wonderful opportunity to be able to exert themselves as the main uh, sport of choice when it comes to everything that is on ESPN. So, we have rambled on and on about all the moves that I tried to doing. Uh, we've talked about the ESPN plans for the Bundesliga, so uh, items again, everything is going to be on ESPN Plus stream, streaming. Remember, that's also where the DB Pokal is also already on. Um, yeah, with we got our match against IEX is coming up on the weekend, so that's going to be awesome for uh, that to happen. And going forward, I think it's really exciting. Uh, for the Bundesliga as a whole, and Eintracht uh, with Eintracht Frauen, Eintracht Mindside, 
uh, a lot of exciting things coming up. So ways you can get in contact with the show. That is heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod for all the latest English language content news covering Eintracht Frankfurt. You can also follow us on Twitter. That is uh, at H-E-F-Pod. Uh, pinned at the top of our profile is the link to the Discord, the Discord chatter where uh, folks can listen live to the podcast as well, in addition to where you can uh, down, download it. Uh, all things are good. So uh, that being said, I'd like to thank Chris for who had to duck out just a second ago. And uh, folks, I really have enjoyed bringing back the Eintracht back to you guys, the fans, uh, I don't think that there's anything else other than to say, uh, stay safe and choose.